0: is Cabernet and True Crime, the place where good wine and true crime come together. Hi friends, and welcome to the first uh, podcast episode of Serial Killer Shorts, the Sunday day of the week where I talk about a true crime case that I couldn't find a whole lot of information on, at least not enough to do a full... Um, episode which i still don't know how long those are ever going to be <laughs> cuz i'm not consistent with my timing. These are supposed to be like 10 minute episodes where i tell you about um some true crime case and it's short, sweet to the point done. Um perfect for your drive into work or when you're washing the dishes or you're wasting time. <laughs> These used to be on YouTube but in light of my camera issues, or, you know, that, and um, also, um, as I said previously in the last episode, um, nanoRimo's coming up and I'm competing in it, and just with time being so constricted, it's just, this is easier for right now, so I don't think this will be permanent, but I'm really not sure. Um, I guess I'm going to do it until December and then see how everybody feels about it. So that's that. Um... I Apologize in advance if I sneeze or cough or anything. I am a little under the weather feeling kind of down um, I basically went to bed yesterday at noon and woke up today around 9 and I Didn't know I needed that much sleep, but apparently I did so I'm here and I'm ready to rumble. So let's get into it <laughs> No time like the present, right? Um, so today we're going to be talking about Elizabeth Brownrigg um I still haven't typed these up, so if I stumble over my own words, it's because my handwriting's trash. Uh, that's just how it is. So, Elizabeth Brownrigg was born in 1720 to a working-class family. She, um, married James Brownrigg, uh, so her birth name is obviously not Brownrigg, but I don't know if I knew that or if I just didn't write it down. Um, so, she married James Brownrigg. He was an apprentice plumber, um, she was only a teenager when she got married to him. She had 16 children, but only three survived past infancy. In 1765, the couple moved to, um, a better neighborhood with one of their sons named John. I don't know what happened to the other two that survived. They're obviously somewhere. Um... James was a successful plumber and Elizabeth was a respected midwife, uh, and because of their status, the couple looked after and was given custody of several children slash domestic servants. So because they had a lot of money, people basically handed off their children to, like, be here, let my kid work for you so they can earn, like, a small salary and then we'll have, like, we'll earn the money from that. Because back then, child labor was dope and you're allowed to do that. Um... Now, this is not the same situation as, if you recall, last week's uh, True Crime Tuesday episode. This is nothing like that. These children, well, for the most part, and in most situations, these children are taken care of. Um, Unfortunately, spoiler alert, this story doesn't have a happy ending. So, (laughs) So, it wouldn't be on here if it did, right? So, um, this was a common thing to do back then, I'm assuming, um, based on what I've read, like, people of lower class families would send their children to higher class families for a salary or just to kind of pawn them off so they could have a better life than what their parents could provide for them. So, um, despite her trust, because she was a popular midwife and, you know, she was well-liked and, you know, her husband had a good, a high-status job, she was, like, Elizabeth Brownrigg was wildly unfit to have um, children left with her like she was she did a bad job um she would strip them naked chain them to wooden beams and pipes and would whip them with switches um etc so I'm assuming like if they didn't do the work she was supposed to be like the work she described they needed to be doing right or well enough or quick enough she would beat the crap out of them um Mary Jones was one of Elizabeth's victims. Um, She had ran away from the property and to a hospital. Uh, After inspecting the girl, the leaders of the hospital told James Brownrigg to keep his wife in check. They were like, listen, you know, whatever you do behind your own closed doors is whatever you do, but you need to keep your business in check and don't let this get out, more or less. Um, So, There are two known, quote, victims of Elizabeth Brownrigg, and one is Mary Mitchell, and the other one is um, Mary Clifford. So Mary Clifford was only 14. I don't know how old Mary Mitchell was. Um, Elizabeth was harder on Clifford, forcing her to be naked, making her sleep on a mat in a coal coal hole, Um, which I had to Google what that was because I don't off the top of my head just understand what a coal hole is. Um, it's basically a hatch in the pavement that looks like a sewer or manhole, and like that's where people kept their coal back in the day, apparently. I'm assuming it was outside. But so she'd make, um, Mary Clifford sleep in there, naked. So that's kind of alarming. Um, if Mary Clifford, uh, tried to eat food, she was beaten relentlessly for that act. Um, by June of 1767, Neighbors of the Brownriggs were suspicious and asked the hospital to investigate. This is the same hospital that told James Brownrigg to, like, keep his wife under wraps. Like, handle your business. Um, Elizabeth Brownrigg gave up Mary Mitchell, but didn't tell them where Clifford was. So I'm assuming the neighbors were concerned enough that, like, something, something was amiss in the Brownrigg household. So she kind of pawned off Mary Mitchell and was like, oh, here's the girl I've been torturing, you know, don't worry about it, and then didn't tell them about Mary Clifford. Um, James was arrested, but the family escaped. Uh, The Brownriggs were caught quickly and put on trial in August of 1767. Um, So Mary Clifford had died from infection because her wounds hadn't been treated. It was basically the end of that. So they, I'm assuming when they got Mary Mitchell and Mary Mitchell was able to talk about her experience there. I'm assuming she was like, hey, just so you know, there was another girl with me this whole time. Um, Because, you know, she was a victim and there she was. So, Elizabeth Brownrigg was sentenced to be hanged and her corpse was to be publicly mutilated and dissected. Well, they say dissected, I'm assuming mutilated, I would guess. Um, Nah, I didn't really look into what that exactly meant. Hanged and mutilated, casual. Um, so she was hanged at the Tyburn on September 14th, 1767, um, and if you've heard that name before, it's because the Tyburn was, it's at the base of a river, not by River Thames, I think, um, it's, like, a different, like, at the Tyburn Brook, if I do recall correctly. Um, it was a place synonymous with punishment because it was the most common place for execution of, um... Londoners. So if you were a criminal in London and you got sentenced to hanging, odds are you were gonna end up at the Tyburn and be hanged. Um, so technically, for a serial killer short, Elizabeth Browning isn't a serial killer that we know of. She only has one known um victim, which would be uh Mary Clifford. So, you know, sometimes that happens. Um she's a spooky looking woman and she is a very interesting, I guess I went down this path of like old timey women, torturers, women, serial killers are fascinating. That's just the way it is. Um, yeah. So that's all I really have for her today. This serial killer short, short, sweet to the point, eight minutes and 25 seconds. That's fine by me. Um, I probably got to go back to bed and I'll see you guys for, (laughs) I'll see you guys for true crime Tuesday.